What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and today I'm going to discuss a topic that is another misunderstood topic that really needs to be explained, and that is the topic of intuitive eating. Now, this is something that gets thrown around, and a lot of people who throw around the phrase intuitive eating don't actually know what they're referring to. And it's one of those things that sounds great in theory, like a lot of people know, yeah, I should be eating intuitively, or I should be able to listen to my intuitive senses and stop eating when I'm full and eat to hunger, you know, eat to satiety and eat when I'm hungry and all these things that we want to accomplish. But the actual implementation of intuitive eating is is grossly misunderstood. And a lot of times the reasoning for that is because people often believe that just because they quote unquote can't control themselves around certain foods that they're just not capable of intuitive eating. And so I think that it would help to just outline what intuitive eating actually is and why it's so important. And then coming at it from a place of of better understanding, I think we can just clear the air. And, And I think, you know, the objective is always to come from a place of more self awareness and not, you know, a lot of times it's easy to say things to fit a certain narrative. But if it's not actually the truth, then we're just believing something. Uh, We're believing a misconception. We're using that as an excuse to fall into old habits and old patterns. We often hear this, this conversation of like macros versus intuitive eating. And I think that really misses the point. They're very different. And I think that it's not an either or. It is They both have a time and a place and it's about context and it's really about having the skill set to do both and use either one as it fits your lifestyle and your goals. But if we don't know what they are, like macros are pretty easy to explain and you can go back and listen to the previous episodes that I've done explaining macros and even the one talking about the dark side of macros, which is important to listen to. It's pretty easy to explain. Intuitive eating for some reason has kind of been thrown around uh, without without true understanding of what it actually is. So that's the objective here. I'm just going to dive right in because there's certain concepts and principles of intuitive eating that really need to be hammered home. And I'm going to start with the first, which is intuitive eating is in a weight neutral approach, which means that you don't embark on intuitive eating with the objective of weight loss. Now, having said that, losing weight may be a byproduct of intuitive eating, but is not the objective. It's a big difference. Going in with a weight neutral approach means that I am not going to start intuitive eating to lose weight. So that immediately takes away the idea of, oh, well, I've been intuitive eating and I'm not losing weight, so it's not working. Well, that's ridiculous because that's not the objective of intuitive eating. So understanding that, it is a weight-neutral approach, which means that we can completely reject the idea of you know, fast weight loss or quick fixes or you know, diets that promote losing weight in an unsustainable way. 
with intuitive eating, all of that is rejected and it just gets thrown out the window because that is not the goal of intuitive eating. One of the main principles is to completely discredit and reject diet culture and the dieter's mindset altogether. That means that you don't believe in the in the the kind of message of diet culture that promotes fast weight loss, that makes you feel like a failure every time you try a new diet, every time you regain weight from a diet that didn't work. That means that you're not blaming yourself. That means that you are rejecting diet culture and the myth that you should have to always pursue a smaller version of yourself, that you're not good enough, that you are taking up too much space, that sort of thing. So it's completely rejecting the dieter's mindset and diet culture altogether. So it's an important thing to understand that it's not about you know just simply uh, not falling in line with, with weight loss promises, but to approach it from a weight neutral standpoint that, that weight loss may be a byproduct, but it is not the goal. Another misconception is that it's not science-based, which is completely false. There is a strong body of literature to support intuitive eating when it comes to better weight maintenance, better health markers, uh, you know, better quality of life. There are a ton of studies that show intuitive eating uh, improves on your ability to maintain a healthy body weight, even though the goal is not to lose weight. There is still research that supports maintaining a healthy body weight uh, that it is scientifically supported with intuitive eating. And not only that, but better quality of life, uh, less stress around food, better relationship with food. Uh, so there is a ton of research to support the effectiveness of intuitive eating. So going on with, with some of the principles of what it actually looks like, first of all, it's all about your body's cues and, and kind of tuning in to what your body is communicating with you. So first part of that is honoring your hunger signals, uh, understanding that you are keeping your body adequately fed because your body's telling you when it's sending this hunger signal that we are, uh, you know, that, that this is a biological signal that needs to be listened to so that we are going to provide our body with the energy, with the fuel that it needs. And, and not only that, but enough of the energy and fuel that it needs, the quality nutrients that it needs. Looking at things like overeating as more of a consequence of constantly restricting. So intuitive eating is like, hey, if we adequately supply our bodies with the fuel and nutrients and energy that it needs, it's going to remove this, this trigger or this drive to overconsume. And that's why you see in research uh, that intuitive eaters have uh, less trouble with weight maintenance and maintaining a healthy body weight because by removing the constant restriction and deprivation and providing your body with the energy and nutrients that it needs, there's less likelihood of overconsumption. Um, so that means that you know once you reach this point of, of feeling hunger, that you are going to honor 
that biological signal that you are, you are trusting that your body knows, that your body is telling you, hey, we need some energy right now. We need some food. And part of that process is actually rebuilding trust because if you're anything like myself and you've spent years and years and years chronically dieting, sometimes you question the signals that you're feeling. You question whether you are actually able to tune in and listen to your body. So it's almost like we have to rebuild the trust in ourselves that, okay, this is a true hunger signal and I need to honor this signal and listen and and respond accordingly. Uh, Another important part of the process is repairing or enhancing your relationship with food. So it's basically the way that I like to phrase it is giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. That's removing the restrictions, the labels, removing the rules, all of the things that you've been telling yourself about what you can't or shouldn't do, getting rid of it. It's, it's not saying that you can't eat certain foods, that you can't eat at a certain time. It's literally taking all of that off the table and giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. That means that there's no more feelings of deprivation, that there's no more control that food has over you. You know, it's funny because I, I did a whole workshop uh, called Fat Loss Freedom. And, and one of the things that I talked about was how, de- you know, when we, when we look at this goal for, for moderation, people talk about moderation all the time. And a lot of individuals feel like it's this elusive concept that they can't quite grasp. And what I said in the workshop is that getting rid of restriction and deprivation 90 some percent of the time fixes the ability uh, or fixes the feelings of of not being able to operate with moderation. So if you have trouble binge eating or you have like these uncontrollable cravings or you have issues with stress eating, emotional eating, when we get rid of deprivation and restriction, most of the time, 90 some percent of the time, those things are fixed. So with Intuitive eating, it's literally removing all rules and restrictions. It's, re- it's removing, it's giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat, that there's no certain times that you have to eat or you can't eat. It's no certain foods that you can't eat or, you know, these foods that are off limits, none of that. It's literally everything is, at, is on the table and there are no rules. And, and oftentimes when we operate from that place, it takes away the cravings. It takes away the binge episodes. Uh, It's like the more that you deprive yourself, the more likely you are to overconsume. I call it last chance syndrome. It's like if I tell myself I can't eat something and then I finally give in and I eat that thing, I'm going to eat all of that thing because last chance syndrome. I may not get it again, right? I'm about to, I'm eating it. So, and I know that I'm quote unquote, not allowed to. So I'm going to eat a lot of it before it becomes off limits again. So that's you know, we want we remove that last chance, chance syndrome by having the freedom to eat that whenever we want, unconditional permission. Um, one of the other concepts, one of the next concepts when it comes to intuitive eating, which is just kind of piggybacking off of the last one, which is there is no such thing as good versus bad foods, and a lot of people challenge this and like, well, you know, eating cake or eating candy 
those are bad foods because there's no nutrient value. The problem is that, you know, diet culture wants us to believe that food has some morality attached to it, that we're really good if we eat salads and we're really bad if we eat pizza. What that does is it reinforces a poor relationship with food. It reinforces the feelings of guilt and shame when you eat certain foods. So being able to challenge that idea is a huge part of intuitive eating. It's, it's saying that because I ate a piece of cake, that, that doesn't, it's just an innocuous item. It's, it's food. There, there's no morality attached to it. So it doesn't make me a bad person and it doesn't make me a good person. It just makes me a person, right? If I have cake because I want a piece of cake, there's nothing wrong with that. If I have salad because I want a salad, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, from a mindset perspective and from removing the tendency to overconsume or, or removing the tendency to lose control around food, this is so important to challenge the idea that there are good versus bad foods, uh, especially when we associate like food choices with calorie load. So, oh, well, this is not a lot of calories, so that makes it a good choice. Uh, you know, that again leads to restricting, leads to undereating, which then leads to intense hunger and cravings, which ultimately leads to binge eating or overconsuming. So if we continue down this cycle, you can see how it's a slippery slope. And, it, and if, again, you may have experienced this firsthand like I have, we have to challenge those beliefs. If we continue to fall back into that old belief system, will continue to repeat the same mistakes. So let's change the way that we talk about food, the way that we perceive food, and it'll go a long way to developing the mindset that we need to be successful for life. Um, so continuing with the principles of intuitive eating, you know, we talked about hunger, but we should also talk about satisfaction. Uh, so, you know, eating is not just for fuel. It's not just for nutrients. It's not just for energy, but it is also for pleasure. And it's interesting because a lot of diets remove the pleasure, the pleasureful experience and the satisfaction that we can experience from eating. It is something that engages all of our senses. It's used in many different contexts. Uh, food can be a number of things. And getting pleasure out of eating can actually help you feel more satiated and satisfied from the experience. When we diet and we restrict ourselves and we say, and we tell ourselves all these foods that we can't eat, we're removing the pleasure. We're actually making ourselves miserable by following a basic human function that's necessary for survival. Like think about that. We're taking something that we need to survive and we're making it a miserable experience when we diet and we restrict. So what if we were able to actually embrace the pleasure and satisfaction from eating? When you get to eat what you really want, when you get to embrace, you know, being present with your family or your loved ones or whoever it is and you have this this powerful pleasureful experience of food with the people that you love, you know, in a place that you're happy with, and you can just really, truly be present, uh, it, it's going to enhance your ability to really listen in and decide 
when you've had enough, when it's time to stop eating and, and just be more in tune with your body. Uh, so the next principle to piggyback off of that is honoring your satiety signals. So we don't just want to honor hunger signals, but we also want to honor those feelings of fullness and, and trusting. Again, it may be rebuilding that trust, but trusting that feeling of fullness. So it's listening to your body and listening to that signal that tells you you're no longer hungry. And then observing some of the signs that you're comfortably full. Like maybe it's taking a couple deep breaths in the middle of a meal and tuning in and asking yourself how you feel. Asking yourself, how does this food taste? What is my current hunger level or fullness level? And just checking in rather than being so distracted and, and constantly on the go and not listening but actually observing and, and feeling what fullness feels like, just like we want to do when we feel what hunger feels like. It's the same idea. It's, it's being able to trust and rebuild that trust with our own bodies and listening and dialing in uh, and actually being at peace with those feelings and learning from those feelings. Because again, there may be a situation where you start to pay attention and observe some of those signs and signals, but then you continue to eat past that level of comfortable fullness. Okay, well, now you learned a lesson from that and now you can continue to apply it uh, as you move forward. So one of the other aspects when we talk about intuitive eating is that we're not using food as a means to deal with emotions. So it's having the tools, and, and yes, this falls in line with the principles of intuitive eating. It's having the tools to deal with our emotions uh, in a in a you know in a way that doesn't involve food because oftentimes we do use food as a way to either suppress our emotions or to um, enhance our emotions or to or to try to solve our emotions. But it's understanding that you know restricting food, uh, having food rules, all of that can can trigger this loss of control, right? And it's giving food control over you, which then can make you feel like you want to emotionally eat. So what we have to do is we have to find other ways to comfort ourselves, to resolve our own issues, to distract ourselves, uh, you know, that it doesn't involve food. So looking at certain emotions like anxiety or boredom or anger, you know, we're going to experience these things. Those emotions are inevitable um, and they all come with their own trigger and they all, and we all have different means of coping with those emotions. But understand that food is not going to fix any of them. So it may be an instant gratification. It may be something that you use to numb yourself, but it's not going to solve the problem. So we have to understand that, you know, we need to find ways to deal with the source of the emotions. And there, there's many different things, like this is very personal. So there's different tools that we can acquire, uh, whether it's through, uh, you know, therapy or meditation or mindfulness, uh, or just, you know, using different things like going out for a walk or uh, getting your emotions out and, and processing and, and just understanding that they're not permanent, that emotions come and go, that you are not defined by your emotions. But the reality is that 
emotional eating may actually make you feel worse in the long run because it's a it's a stopgap, it's a quick band-aid. It, you may feel temporarily better, but ultimately you're you're likely to feel worse. So it's uh, coping with your emotions in a way that is actually dealing with the source of them and not using food as a means to cope. So that's a big part of the intuitive eating uh, kind of principles that that were that we need to learn and utilize. Um, next, we have respecting and honoring your body. So understanding that you are a unique individual, that you have your own unique metabolic fingerprint and your own unique lifestyle and personal preferences and you know that you have all the things in your life are unique to you. So it's understanding that you are going to respect the body that you've been given and, and you know understand that the diet mentality, the diet mindset is sending the message that that you're not enough, that you're broken, that you need to be fixed. So there's a big difference between like wanting to get better and feeling like you're broken and need to be fixed. So it's okay to have goals. It's okay to say, I want to improve myself and I want to become the best version of myself, but I can still love myself as I am now. So it's accepting and respecting your body as you are now and in respecting it, you're going to make decisions that make you feel better, right? So it's it's hard to break out of the dieter's mindset and of that diet culture message if you are constantly criticizing your body. If you are constantly putting yourself down because of your body size or your weight or your shape, uh, you are going to have a really hard time respecting your body enough to make a sustainable change, uh, to do these things that are best for you in the long term. So it's respecting, even if you want to get better, it's respecting your body as is. And then one of the other core principles is moving your body in ways that you enjoy. So I, I feel like this goes hand in hand with respecting your body, but rather than using exercise as a tool for punishment uh, or something that you're doing to punish your body, we're using movement in a way that is enjoyable, that that feels better. So, you know, focusing on the energy that you get from exercise and how much it, it increases your mood and how much better you feel and all, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you go for a walk and you're able to just, you know, embrace the the presence of being outside or in nature or wherever your environment looks like uh, and then feeling the difference in, you know, how proud you are, how much more energy you had that day and how much more mental focus you had that day. It's, it's moving your body because you respect your body and doing it in ways that you enjoy versus saying that you have to exercise to burn calories or that you have to exercise so that you can eat more or that you have to exercise as punishment. It's removing those rules and and doing things like exercise, training, working out, walking because of how they make you feel, because of how much better you feel when you do them. Um, And then lastly, you know, it's this kind of does a good job, the last principle in encapsulating the entire theme of intuitive eating, which is honoring your health. So like you're, you're making food choices that not only honor your health, but also your palate and your taste buds. Because remember, pleasure and satisfaction are a part of that. So that doesn't mean that you're eating 
perfectly or that you're eating you know, only whole foods uh, or that you are only eating, you know, that you're like, like there's no rules again. We have to, it's like so sometimes so hard to operate from a place with, of, of no food rules, but you're eating in a way that aligns with your health, with your taste buds, and, and really looking at it from the perspective of progress over perfection, that it's not about what you eat in one meal or one day, but it's about what you do consistently over time. And again, I think the reason why intuitive eating has such good research behind it and there's, you know, there's strong data to support its effectiveness long term is from this perspective. Like if we can get out of the mindset of a finish line and food rules and having to be perfect all the time, it really sets us up for, for long term success because we understand that it's about progress, not perfection. We understand that it's not about one meal or one day, but what we do most of the time. We understand that we're honoring our health, but we're actually taking enjoyment out of eating and out of food. Uh, we understand that we're respecting our bodies, that we are moving our bodies because of how it makes us feel. So I think, you know, ultimately it's one of these concepts that almost seems foreign to a lot of people because we've been so uh, impacted by diet, the diet culture, the diet, dieters mindset that it's really hard for us to step outside of that. It, it can be very challenging to break some of those pre-existing beliefs. It's almost like we've been programmed to think a certain way about food and about our bodies. And now we have something that flies in the face of that. And it almost, it almost seems like a foreign language. Uh, Remember that anytime you start something new that kind of goes against the grain of what you've been doing, it's going to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. You know, I think that the objective is having the skill set where you don't feel lost without macros or tracking. You know, you have this ability to intuitively eat and feel good about it. And you have that tool in your toolbox to be able to utilize. I think that that should be kind of the long-term goal. As any nutrition plan that you're doing, there should be elements of baking this into the process. Uh, and, and that's something that we really work, you know, we work hard on the mindset side of things. And, you know, we don't always talk about it up front, but, you know, we actually had a whole conversation today with, with several clients and that was really the take-home message. Uh, it was great. It was, you know, kind of like a, a roundtable discussion and the take-home message was really like, they had no idea the level of mindset transformation that would occur, the behavior change that would occur, you know, how to perceive things differently and how to approach nutrition in this way. And, and that's because we don't talk about it because sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming and, and like, oh, well, you know, I'm so used to food rules and meal plans and just calorie counting and macro counting. And then, you know, we're talking about, the mindset side of things and a lifestyle approach and, you know, being able to utilize macros when you need them, but have intuitive eating in your back pocket as well. And looking at that as more of the long-term solution. And, you know, we don't talk that much about it, but everyone that works with us gets to that place where there's total food freedom. And really it's just through baking this into the process. So if you feel uncomfortable with listening to your hunger, listening to your satiety cues, respecting your body, you know, you're not alone. It's a common issue. And, and that's why, you know, sometimes 
we just have to do things that make us uncomfortable because we know that we're honoring our health in the process. We know that this is what's best for us. I would say, ultimately, if the other way was going to work, it probably would have worked by now. If simply living life as a calorie calculator was going to work and repair your relationship with food and get you to where you wanted to be, it would have worked by now. Um, Even people who are able to use macros effectively and not be abused by macros, uh, those of us who can use macros effectively still need to bake this into the process so that we don't feel dependent on them, so that when macros are not the practical solution, we can take them away and feel totally confident in honoring our body signals and listening to our hunger signals and listening to our satiety signals and being able to just maintain effortlessly the weight that we want and be able to just live our life you know, in a healthy place without having to worry about always pursuing less, always you know, trying to get smaller and smaller, but coming at it from this weight neutral perspective, uh, which is, you know, again, when we think about the long term, that is something that we want to have as a skill set uh, for life, really. So I hope this helps clarify you know, what intuitive eating is intended for. Oftentimes, a lot of people think like intuitive eating is just a free-for-all. It's like you just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, with no consideration and no thought process. And most people think it's like, oh, well, I'm going to eat a box of cookies because that's intuitively what I want to do. Like that is not it at all. Uh, It's very misguided when people try to present intuitive eating in that light. So hopefully this clarifies it for you. Um, I would love to hear if this was helpful. If you've heard any kind of misconceptions about intuitive eating, uh, or if you need me to clarify anything when it comes to how to, you know, how to incorporate this into your life. Uh, I'm happy to help. Just shoot me a DM. That's the best way to reach me. I respond to all of my messages on Instagram. So you can do that. Um, And Please let me know if you enjoyed this episode by taking a screenshot and posting it to your stories and tagging me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And one thing that would really help, um, we continue to grow and this is episode 140, I believe, and we're not stopping anytime soon. So we're going to keep turning. I have a lot of awesome guests line up, lined up Excuse me, for 2021. And now that I have like the podcast studio being built in my house, I say studio, it's literally like a tiny office that will be used for podcasting, but you know, I want to make it sound official. So, um, help spread the word about the show. Like it, it really would mean the world to me if you could just send it along to one person that you think would benefit from this show. Um, just send them the link, tell them to subscribe If you can leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that is super helpful to get more listeners. Um, But it's been an amazing process so far, and I'm just looking forward to the continued growth. And so for those of you who have been longtime listeners, I really, truly appreciate you more than you know. But again, hit me up if you have any questions. Hope this episode was helpful, and I will talk to you guys very soon.